to uh, get into everything that we're going to do this evening. You know, there's a scripture that says this, uh, that says, if you come together in my name, and what does God say he's going to do? He's going to be right there with us, right? So Lord, right now, we just come together. We agree. We are coming together in Christ, in the name of Jesus Christ. By his love, we come at, at your leading. Lord, and we just thank you for being here with us. Thank you for never leaving us or forsaking us. You are here in this meeting as we come together. Your family in the name of Jesus Christ. And we receive you. We welcome you. We thank you for being here with us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, I told you at the beginning, I want to hear what's God been doing. So, if God's been doing something uh, in your life that uh, some piece of grace, big or small, I want to hear about it. So come on up real quick, and let's have two or three people just give a testimony, and, and hurry up. You can't. All right, amen. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. All right, come on up. We need, we need a couple more. What's God been doing? So give them the one-minute version. The one minute. It's funny that Stephen said to Jeff, if I loan you my car, because a couple of car issues this week, Saturday my car went down. Miraculously, my husband was able to leave Fort Bragg and come up, fix it, and then I was able to get here on Sunday. Yeah. And then yesterday, my car overheated like crazy. The oil pressure dropped to zero. Didn't know what was going on. No car. I boxed Brad and Nicole and let them know, and they're praying. And, and the cool thing is, is I'm like, okay, well, all right, God. You, you know what's going on. It's no surprise to you. And um, so I let him know, and then I'm thinking, oh, celebrate recovery on Friday too, God. And so I let Randy know. He's the other guy that does Celebrate Recovery with me, and he's out of town. But get this. Last week, his company went out of town, but they had to come back early. So now they went back to Louisiana. So I see provision before it even happened. I let Randy know about my car, he's, and then he's like, I'll call you in just a minute. And he calls me, and he says, take my car. His wife brought the key up here today, and Tara was able to be here to receive it. And now I'm going to go get his car, so I have a car until Amen. my husband gets back. <laughs> and Randy will be back that same time. Amen. So, all right, so let me ask you a question. First of all, uh, now we know that if your car, let's say, is broke or whatever, it's going to get fixed because that's who God is. Yeah. So we know that. So we, are, we got that. But in the meantime, in, in that transition period of time, uh, you were without a car. Yeah. So now you have the provision that you need. Is that the grace of God? <laughs> amen. Yeah, amen. Because every good and perfect gift comes from who? From God. Yeah, amen. A little tiny extra, too, yeah. is that um, I was able to, because the car, when I got home, I got home later than I wanted to, and it was time to pick Josephine up. So a friend happened not to be at work, and he was able to, a, a couple friend of mine, he was able to come and go get Josephine. So God arranged for that. Amen. And then... I was able to get up here yeah. from way over there. So, I mean, well, grace all around. And just, amen. it was so cool to relax in that and be like, God, you're so good. <laughs> amen. I didn't have to worry about this or that or the other and having to do this. And then got to get exercise walking to school and then walking Josephine back home and the joy of walking together home. Man, you better get me off because I won't get off if I don't. <laughs> Give it to Jim. Okay. So he says, <laughs> see, plug. some people may say, well, that's just coincidence. Well, the Lord says... You saying that's just coincidence actually calls God a liar when he says every good and perfect gift. He didn't say every big 
imperfect gift or every he said everyone that means little big whatever if it's good it's God and that's what he's doing so amen mine's mine's not really little and yeah you know, you were, praise God you're a big part of this too yeah. so there's probably nobody within earshot of us here that doesn't know that my last job was really only described by the word hell. It really was bad. It was a really <laughs> toxic environment for me to be in. And I probably complained to each and every one of you multiple times. But uh, so um, I, I ended up getting another job, which was, um, you know, and Pastor had kind of counseled me beforehand that it should be a promotion in terms of time and money and, and yeah. responsibility and all that. And I'm thinking in the back of my mind, yeah, that's probably not going to happen. I'll take the first train out of town, whatever job comes <laughs> along. But, uh, you know, and, and I was in, stuck in that environment for a long time waiting, knowing that God was going to deliver me at some point. I can't say I exercised the best in terms of confidence and, and everything. I knew the trust was there, but I wasn't relaxed like I probably should have been. So, um, and, and I ended up getting a job that's absolutely just fantastic for me. It really is. Um, but really, that's not the blessing, I don't think. That, that in itself is awesome, but the, the, when I was stuck there and uh, the Holy Spirit had told me that you need to exercise that forgiveness thing that somebody preached on. It was really awesome. I don't know if you caught that. that. <laughs> but yeah, no, w when the Holy Spirit told me that, when you do that forgiveness thing, then God's going to deliver you. And, and th that was the blessing because I was able to actually do that. And to me, that was like, that was better than the job thing. So. I didn't know he told you that. So when yeah. you forgave, he told you a word that when you forgave, he was going to deliver you. Yeah. So that you preached on that like a month and a half ago. Yeah. And then you went into the forgiveness process like yeah. two or and three it was weeks a week, it was ago. A week later that and the a job week later. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah. God yeah. keeps his word. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Praise That's God. Amen. Yeah. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right. Well, I got a couple for you. Yeah. She, uh, we had a, uh, a bill for Luke or something. I don't remember it, exactly what it was for, but she had lost the bill. And so we were ending up paying it late and everything. And, uh, she was paying the bill. The lady goes, oh, let me give you a discount. And so she just knocked off $200 basically off the bill just like that for no. We're like, praise God, amen, you know. And uh, that just, it's just a blessing, you know, just the blessing of God. Well, that's just, that's, and when's the last time the person you're paying the bill said, let me give you a $200 discount? Uh, yeah, so thank you, Lord, amen. So uh, there was also, you know, uh, Darius uh, and Seth, who's here a lot of times on Sunday morning, both of them. Uh, a few weeks ago, the Lord told me to pray for Darius to get a job, and it was very specific. I'm supposed to pray for provision for you, and um, so we prayed, that was Sunday, and the, by that week, he had a new job, and then Seth, we prayed the same thing for him, I think, the next week, and he just uh, started his job today and uh, so that's two jobs in the last three weeks well hey here's the question you know priscilla jeff uh is god real to you at this moment yes now let me ask everybody this is god a respecter of persons does he want to be real in every person's life and be that real to you absolutely absolutely so here's here's another thing um we had uh Today, I was just, I went to go eat, and uh, when I walked in, it was about 9 or 9.30, something like that, so, you know, breakfast crowd is ending, and I walked out of there at about 11 or 11.30, because I kept running into people and talking to them, which was awesome. Those were all, they was God, but here's the thing, at about 10 o'clock to 10.30, 
that it was like this, the door kept opening. You know, because we know that we are called to be the salt and the light. We are blessed to be a blessing. Everywhere our foot goes, we bring God with us. We bring the anointing of God with us. Like, like that testimony, when you went out west, you brought God with you. Well, we, Nicole and I personally believe, and some of y'all know this, when we go into a restaurant or we go into a business, we are believing that God will bless that business simply because his ambassador is there. Amen? His ambassador from heaven, called a Christian, believes that that anointing, that blessed to be a blessing, is going with him. And so uh, there was like, uh, I think, 10 or 11 tables that came in at about 10 o'clock to eat breakfast while, while I was sitting there. And they just kept coming in. And, and Nicole and I were texting back and forth. I was like, there's another person. All right, there's another table. <laughs> there's another table. And I just praise God. Now, did that affect me directly? Well, maybe, maybe not. But it was a blessing. It was a gift. You know what? I, I got to praise God for something because that business was blessed. I was successful in my mission today to bring the anointing of God somewhere. So in that little way, yeah, it was a blessing to me too. So, Lord, we just give you praise and honor for everything that you're doing. Your grace is beautiful. Your mercy, your love on us, we praise you for it and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And I want y'all to start recognizing these. And like today, I made a list in my phone, all right, testimonies. Because uh, I'm going to start asking that question on a regular basis. And people need to hear that you, you a lot of times have glory in your life so that you can give that glory to God. And so people need to hear what God has done for you. And we're going to be asking that question on a more regular basis. So let's turn to 1 John chapter 4, and we'll start in verse 9. Um, we've been in chapter 4. I think this is the fourth week we've been in chapter 4. We should finish it uh, this evening, I believe. And um, it's been a powerful chapter. I was waiting to get to this chapter. This is... Chapter 4 was the chapter Brian wanted to get to. Uh, what it, like it always does in Scripture, though, is it just so happens that chapter 1, 2, and 3 turned out to be awesome. And, uh, and they were. It was, I got so much out of it myself. I hope you did, too. And if you didn't, go back and watch them because there's a lot of meat in there. And uh, we spent some time. So in chapter 4, we just got finished with a couple of verses that are some of my favorites. Uh, verse 7 and, and verse 8. And uh, basically it says that the person that knows God, uh, that loves, knows God. And the person that does not love does not know God because God is love. And uh, we need to understand that God is love. Uh, on, in that verse talking about every good and perfect gift, there is a um, um, one of the things that God showed me when he showed me that there was no variableness nor shadow of turning, he brought this to my, my uh, remembrance today, was he told me at one time, he said, if you see a promise and you can figure any good out of that promise, big, small, this angle, that angle, whatever angle, he said, I meant it that way and that promise is solid. It's good. 
In other words, no matter how you figure it, because if there's good in the promise, who put it there? And so whose word is there to back it up? So when you see that, like for instance, when it said, uh, Jesus for your sakes was made poor so that you might be rich. Now some people think that that's spiritually rich. And some people think that that's uh, physically or materially rich. Let me just say this. Yes. Yes, exactly. Because any, anything in there that's good, Jesus was made poor in those areas that you might be rich in every area. But not just money. Rich, richness is really not just uh, uh, defined by money. It's do you have a rich and full life? Life in the full till it overflows John 10.10. Are you walking in that? Do you have that kind of life? In other words, do you have a life in Christ? Because when you have a life in Christ, you're rich. You are rich. And there's actually scriptures that go into that and they show how you can be rich and wealthy. And it has nothing to do with money. It has to do with how you're living. Are you living the full life that God has for you? And so we want to be that way. Now, just to settle that issue, let's say that it was spiritually. He was made poor spiritually, which is true, uh, so that you could be rich spiritually. Well, then you can go over uh, to 3 John, and it says, Beloved above all things, I wish that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. So as the Lord made you rich in the spirit and in your soul, God wants you to be rich in your health and in your prosperity, physical prosperity as well. So either way you look at it, it's still covered. Why? Because God's good and he loves you. And uh, I, I, I can sense that finances thing tonight. I not, was not planning on talking about finances at all, but... Obviously, that's the Holy Spirit's kind of on finances a little bit. God wants you doing very well. God wants you doing very well. You know, how can you be, Old Testament promise, this, this really got me about a year ago. Old Testament promise is that God said that you are to be the lender and not the borrower. Now, we're not talking about a promise in Christ yet. We're talking about Old Testament blessing on the children of Israel. You are also uh, children of God if you believe in Christ. It says that you are spiritually a part of God. You are of his family when you believe on Jesus. So we're talking about Old Testament blessing that says you are to be the lender and not the borrower. Well, let me ask you this. How can you lend if you are not in overflow? If you're not in overflow, you have nothing to lend. You don't even have your bills paid. You can't lend. So we're not talking about your finances coming just up to the top. No, God says it this way. He says, I want to overflow your cup. Psalms 23. I'm the, I'm the God that doesn't just bring it up to the rim. I overflow it. You know, you go over into the Gospels where they're pulling the fish out and the nets are breaking. They're not into, he wasn't the one who said, there's just so many fish and then they're going to break. So I'm not going to give them any more. There's just so many fish that, that that boat can hold. So we know there's 434 fish and that's it. No more. No more, Gabriel. That's it. Stop it right there. No, that's not what he did. He just said, hey, it's in overflow. The fact that you're not prepared is your fault. <laughs> you ought to be expecting more out of God. 
So, God's an overflow, excess of God. It's who He is. It's who He is. It's who He is. He is, he is an excess of God. There's, there's a picture out there on that board of the message one time where we were pouring the water and overflowing because God, God just loves to give. That's who He is. It's a part of His love. He's an unconditional giver because He is love. It's who He is. Amen. So, verse 9, we'll get into it. I do want, I, at the end, I'm going to ask you if anybody has a word or anything that they feel like that the Lord wants uh, to say to the people of God or if anybody has some revelation that they have just gotten. Uh, now, I don't want you just to go, oh, I got something I can, let me make up something real quick. I want to be a, don't, no, I want it to be because God's, God's put it on your heart and you feel like if he was standing in front of here that you were being obedient to say that, all right? Now, that's one, that I gave you one ditch. The other ditch is the person who knows it's from God, but they're like, I don't want to, I don't want to interfere. I don't want to intrude. You know, that's not my place up there. Uh, yes, it is, and it's biblical, and I can show it to you. So uh, you need to say what the Lord asks you to say. So amen. So I'm going to ask you that at the end. Who's got a word? Because that word is there. To Didn't we discover and didn't we uh, uh, declare that God was with us because we, we came in the name of Jesus? So if God's here with us tonight, is somebody going to get something? <laughs> you better believe he you better believe we are. Amen. Because you better believe he wants to give something. That's one of the first things we're going to look at. Verse 9. By this, the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world so that we might live through him. He wants us to live through him. That's the reason that he sent his only begotten son so that we would live and that's, the, that's how his love was manifested. So here's the question. Number one, is this, are we waiting on his love to be manifested? Are we waiting on the ability to live through him? Or has he already given it? It says he has. He has. We're not waiting on this. This is, we're, this is past tense here. This is already done. If you're not living and living in abundance and living in overflow in Him, that's generally because we don't know Him fully yet. And here's the question that I wrote down. And, and this sounds simple, but catch it. This, sound, this is going to be really simple because y'all know and y'all been taught well. But, but listen to this because God will give you some revelation here. Does God want to manifest His love in our lives? Does God want to manifest his love in our lives? Does he want to manifest his love in your life all the time already? He's not waiting on a... He wants to manifest it in your life. This verse right here says that this is how much he wanted to manifest his love in our lives. He gave his son. So do you realize, and that may sound... I know that sounds like a simple question, but do you know how many people, Christians, in church that don't really know the answer to that question, and maybe they know it here, but they're not living 
like he wants to manifest their love. I'll put it like this. They'll make almost any excuse to get God out of manifesting that love. Well, you know, I, I messed up last week. Well, you know, uh, sometimes he does and sometimes he doesn't. Well, you know, I just don't know if God loves me like that. You know, I just, you know I was, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You know, well, you're saved. Act like it. Act like a believer. God wants to manifest his love in you. Act like a believer. Act like he loves you. There's a lot of problems that are in, in the body and in the world because as the body goes, as the salt and the light goes, the world goes. And so because we don't act like God really wants to manifest that love inside of us because we don't act like it and don't believe it and our actions aren't based off on, of it, we don't actually live in that manifested love. We don't live in the overflow of His goodness. And so does the world experience His love? No. Because listen, the world sees God based off of how you live. It's getting ready to say that in a few verses. The world sees God based off of the manifested love that's in operation in your life or not. So the world is not seeing this because people don't know that God really wants to manifest His love. It's been that way for a long, long time. It's been paid for. It was finished. And it's finished now. And He just wants to get it in your life. Believe it. Just accept it. Just accept what God has for you. Amen. Alright, let's look at verse uh, 10. In this is love, and you'll see that this is a key, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins or the substitution for our sins. This is love. I said it like this, it's not, this is love, here's love, not that God loved us conditionally because of our love for him. In other words, and look at this verse again, in this is love, not that we loved God first, not that God said, oh, they love me, so now I'll love them. No, he said, I don't care if they love me, I'm going to love them. In this is love that God unconditionally loved us. Unconditionally. You know, the whole point in this, in this chapter is this. You know, most people would say all of 1 John and all those scriptures in Corinthians that we were in last week talking about love is patient, love is kind, love is this, love is that. All that, most people would be like, and I'm not doing that, and I'm not doing that, and, and I sometimes do that, you know. And everybody wants to attribute it to themselves. But here's the thing, and I said it last week, the great thing about that is when you see what love is, you're looking at God. He is those things. When, when God says love does not take wrongs into account, that means God does not take your wrongs into account. And, and at the very least, it's like this. Now, he had to when Adam sinned, but he never wanted to. He never wanted to take your wrongs into account. And so he came up with a plan so he would never have to again. He would give that choice to you and say, I don't have to see anything you've ever done ever again simply by just accepting my love. 
This is who God is. So when we are reading in here and we're seeing this and we're seeing what love is, we're seeing that God loves us unconditionally. Without any condition. None. God doesn't love you less because you messed up. He doesn't love you less because you sinned. Now, that doesn't mean that your life might be less profitable because of sin. That's true. All, but all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. In other words, but God's opinion of it is this. I don't care. That's who he is. I don't care. I saw that way before I even started the earth. I knew you were going to do that. You know, it's not like, you know, somebody fell off the wagon, you know. Oh, look, Pastor Brian, he done gone and screwed up. Michael, can you believe that mess? After all the things I've done for him, can you believe that he screwed up? You know, and, and then Gabriel walks over and is like, I can't believe he did that. No, And, and God's like, oh, I can't either. No, he saw that the whole time. You know, one time I was sitting there, and it was after, um, after God had called me to preach. And after he called me to preach, um, let's just say I didn't walk the exact walk that I probably should, that a preacher should have walked, you know, after that. Because I was running from the call. I was running from the responsibility. I was scared of it. I didn't know that till sometime later when the Lord helped me figure that out. But I was running from it. I was scared. I, I felt like I had to be perfect. And, uh, and, and so eventually, and most of y'all have heard this story, but maybe you hadn't really uh, gotten revelation on this point. But eventually the Lord asked me, he said, he said, if you had to be perfect to stand in the pulpit, he said, who would preach? And I went, that's a great point, God. Thank you so much. Because if you had to be perfect to stand up here, nobody would preach. Nobody would preach. And that really instantly brought me freedom. And I said, well, I said, Lord, I said, but now, you know, it's some years after you called me to preach, you know, and it was so, that was such a blessed moment. You know, it's sometimes when you think, you know, golly, how could I ever sin after a moment like I had with God when he called me to preach? How could I ever mess up after that and in that moment you're like i'm gonna live forever for god i'll never mess up again you know that you make statements like that and uh and then a lot of times what we'll do is we'll look at other people when they had this main this huge experience with god how can they live like that so sinful after they experience god like that i think i said that about somebody last week and um <laughs> Some of y'all caught that. So anyway, so sometimes we get out of, outside of mercy. You know, it's just a matter of, we've got to have mercy on people. We've got to realize we're just one deception away from making the wrong choice. And you know what? Every single one of us have a flesh to contend with. And I'm not giving you a pass. I'm saying, let's pick up some mercy for some people and see. You know what? That may look like a huge, huge stinking sin to you. But to them, it was just one small deception at a time. And as, and as soon as you think that you're not capable of doing that, guess what? <laughs> you're getting ready to go right into it. So here's the thing. So I'm sitting there, and I'm going, I'm going, 
Lord, I didn't, you know, I was so scared to preach. And, and since you called me, I've messed up so many times. I, I mean, I went out and I was, I was partying and doing all this stuff. Since you've called me to preach. And I was under condemnation. I was under pressure for that. And, and God said this. He said, did you really think that I didn't know you were going to do that when I called you to preach? And I went. Because... First of all, there's the immediate release of the condemnation that I was carrying that you may be carrying too. But then there's, there's also the idea that it's like, all right, scratching my head. Well, if you knew I was going to do that, why did you call me then and not wait till I was done messing up? You know why? Because God don't care. And it's not that your actions don't have an effect. They do have an effect. But he wants to hold nothing negative to your account. He wants to hold nothing. He's not looking at holding that stuff. Now, will that affect your life? Did that affect me? Even though God didn't care. Yes, it affected me. It was the wrong thing. It was lawful. Guarantee you, absolutely, it was not profitable. But as soon as I turned my face to God... His face was already turning and shining on me. It was just a matter of he was sitting there waiting on me the whole time to just wake up out of my deception and live the way that he asked me to live. And as soon as I turned my face towards God, it was like the blessings of God really just started working and churning in my life because that's what he wanted the whole time. It's who he is. He didn't love me simply because I loved him. He loved me no matter what. I did to him when I was his enemy when I was a sinner when I could not help myself that's when he loved me it was unconditional verse 11 beloved if God so loved us we also ought to love one another and look at this if God loved us we ought to we also ought to love one another that little word so there really caught my attention today as I was going over this if God so loved us, in other words, if God loved us in this manner, if he did it this way, what way is that? What way are we been talking about? If he loved us unconditionally, we also ought to love one another. Beloved, if God so loved us, if he loved us in this manner, we also ought to love in this manner one another. In other words, I don't have a choice. And then New Living, we went over this verse last week. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, surely, we surely ought to love each other. And, and we see from the New American Standard, we ought to love not just in our idea of love, but God's idea of love. Amen? Verse 12. No one has seen God at any time. Now, this is a very interesting thing to kind of throw in the middle of this. You know, I know I've read over this multiple times, and, and I've come to this part, and I went, that's great, God. What's that got to do? You know, how does that... I, I'm, I'm not quite following where you're going with this, Lord. Can you help me out? And finally, you know, it's really simple, but it, it's just like this. You remember when Jesus said, you know, he said to the disciples, you say that you... 
you know, show us the Father. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The whole point of all of 1 John is this, is determining who's in God and who's out of God. And if we're in God and we're in God properly, you, what you are showing is the Father. They're seeing the Father based off of that. And what he's saying is, no one's seen God the Father. Now, we saw the Son you know, we've seen the effects of the Holy Spirit. They even saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove on Jesus. But no one's seen the Father is what they're saying, except when, he see, when people see it through the love that's manifesting inside of you. Now, because of that, they see the Father. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. Let me read those verses in the New Living. No one has ever seen God. But if we love each other, God lives in us. And his love is brought to full expression in us. So this is exactly what Jesus did. He showed people the Father. You know, think about the prostitute woman or the adulterous woman that came in front. Here, he, here's the love of God. The law says that everybody thought was the heart of God. The law says, kill her. And yet, the heart of God was really manifested on the earth. And, and you know, in the law it said, uh, basically, that if somebody has committed adultery, you stone them. And so they brought, they put Jesus in a predicament, or they thought they did. And then the, they bring her to Jesus, and uh, Jesus says this. And so he kind of changes what that law was in a sense. And he says, let him who is without sin, throw the first stone. Alright? So, first of all, by the law, could they have stoned her? Yes. Alright? Second of all, now after Jesus says this, who is there in that crowd that could legally stone her after Jesus said what he said? Nobody in the crowd, but there was one. And that was Jesus. So now Jesus has got two legalities checked off, and all he's got to do is start picking up rocks and busting heads. But, he is the expression of the Father. And God says, God the Father said in that moment, I never wanted to kill you. I never wanted to kill you. He said, woman, where's your accusers? They are no more, Lord. Neither do I accuse you. Now I'm going to give you, remember back in there, it says we love because he first loved us. Now, did, did uh, Jesus go to that woman and say, well now I'm, if you'll promise me that you're not going to do this anymore, then I'm not going to bust you in the head with a rock. That's not what he said. He said, Neither do I accuse you. I don't see your sin. I'm not holding it into your account anymore. And what he did was he gave love that empowered her to
to now walk out love. Now, for the first time in her life, after she received the love of the Father, now in that area, she was able to actually walk out love back to the Father. And love on the Father by going and sinning no more. It was the first time, probably, that she actually was empowered to not sin because she received from the Father. And so you got a whole society of thinkers that thinks that you're supposed to you know, clean up all the fish before they come into the kingdom. You know, stop sinning. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. And what they're saying is the don't do's and the law is stronger than the love of God. And the law never saved anybody. This is what Paul preaches. I mean, this is Paul's message. The law can't do it, never could, never would. The love of God, the grace of God is what you need. And so what people are saying when they're doing that is like, well, you just can't be a Christian and do all that stuff. Well, you can't be a Christian and continue doing all that stuff is true, but you're not going to get to be a Christian by telling them everything they got to, they got to hold all the laws. You're not going to be able to get them to that place because without receiving the love first and the power of God's grace, the power of His love manifested, they don't have the power to walk out all those laws. They don't have the ability to do it. And so what people are honestly saying is, God, your love isn't strong enough. I don't trust your love enough to just leave them with love and not tell them what to do. And so they're saying, your love, in fact, you are not strong enough by yourself because God is love. You see this error, how big and how powerful it is and how, uh, how much of a trap it is when people are trying to clean up the fish before they catch them, when they're trying to tell them everything to do. You know, this is, this is, and, and the people will, you know, what's sin going to do about uh, uh, what is a sin nature seriously going to do when you tell it not to do something? You can't do this. I'll show you. I'll tell you what. You know, I'll show you what I can and can't do. And the last thing, they, and the only reason they get saved is because God loves them, has mercy on them, got some, got some uh, family member praying for them, and that family member's prayers are what's working for them, and they're praying, Lord, have mercy on them. And so the Holy Spirit goes in and actually draws their heart. But it's not because of the person, you know, the, the, the neighbor that's living by the law and wants everybody else to live by the law. That ain't the reason why they got saved. They didn't get saved by being told what the law is. They would rebel against that. They got saved because there was somebody praying for them and the mercy of God drew the Holy Spirit to draw their hearts and open up their hearts so that the seed of the Word could fall in and finally find some soil that life could spring out of. That's what got them born again. And so the guy under the law, the you know, nosy neighbor, the guy under the law, he's probably going, Amen, I've been telling them for years, they better stop that smoking and playing all that, you know, whatever. And they think it's them that got them born again. That wasn't them at all. It was the love of God. We've got to see that the love of God, God himself, is strong enough all by himself. All by himself he's strong enough. This is not looking good for finishing chapter 4. But verse 12 in the New Living again. Let's, 
No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us. Now look, it's not just saying that we, if we love God, God lives in us. It's saying if we love each other is a part of loving God. This is a huge piece of it. See, it's like, okay, Lord, I can love on you because you're good. No, I can love on people because you're good. I can love on people that have really messed me up because you're good. That's, I can love on them even when they do me completely wrong. Bad, ugly. I can love on them, not because of them, but because of you. Because you love me first, I can love them. This is a huge point, understanding where the power to live this life is. It's in Christ. It's in His love. If we love each other, God lives in us, and His love is brought to full expression in us. Do you, do you realize the power of His love in full expression in your life. Your life. His love in full expression. Alright. God, God is way beyond what we can ask or think. Right? If His love is in full expression in your life, are you even going to be able to fathom it right now? what it looks like, what it feels like, what it can do. No, it's so overflowing and, and people just don't even know what to do with it. The power of God being released. His love is brought to full expression. Where? In us? Who? Who are you? That's what God's saying. Who are you? Do you know? Can I show you? Watch this. <laughs> Who are you? You're my beloved, he's saying to you. You're my children. Let me just shine a little through you. Let me just show you a little bit of who I am. Show the world who I am through you. You are vessels created for the honor and the glory of God. Containers of His character and His nature de de designed to shine in this world. That's who you are. That's a good word. Amen. I received that, Lord, for myself. Verse 13. And God has given us His Spirit, His, His Spirit as proof that we live in Him and He in us. You know, the Holy Spirit gets to moving and flowing and shining in you. It's a part of the proof that you're in Him and He's in you. Verse 13 in the message says this, This is how we know we're living steadily and deeply in Him and He in us. He's given us, his, he's given us life from His life, from His very own Spirit. He's given us life. From his own life. From his very own spirit. Amen. Amen. Well I just gave you a word. But if, does anybody else have a word? Have something that. That they just got revelation on. They, they need to say that. There we go. Amen.
<clears throat> so I've been sitting over here just about to bust. <laughs> so this came to me actually during praise and worship. Um, as we were singing Amazing Grace, the words I see popped off of the screen at me. So as I was worshiping, I was like, okay, I see. All right, I see, I see. So as I was sitting there, all of a sudden, I felt like I had to get this out of me. So this is what I got. I'm shaking. It's going to be good. <laughs> oh. He told me to have you all close your eyes. Okay? Close your eyes. And I want you to repeat these words after me. I see. I see. I don't think it. I don't think it. I don't feel it. I don't feel it. I see it. I see it. I see your word. I see your word. I see your grace. I see your grace. Your mercy. Your mercy. I see your abundance poured out on me. I see your abundance poured out on me. I was blind. I was blind. But now I see. But now I see. I see. I see. And am not deceived. And am not deceived. I see your love. I see your love. I see you surround me. I see you surround me. Every day. Every day. I see your love. I see your love. Made manifest. Made manifest. In small and big things. In small and big things. I see you in others. I see you in others. I see your love inside of me. I see your love inside of me. I see you in me. I see you in me. And because I see you, because I see you in me, in me, I see, I see as you see, as you see. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want you to send that to me. <laughs> Amen to your wife. <laughs> Amen. Let me, can I read that? Let me read it again. I see. I don't think it. I don't feel it. I see it. I see your word. I see your grace. Your mercy. I see your abundance poured out on me. I was blind, but now I see. I see and am not deceived. I see your love. I see you surround me every day. I see your love made manifest in small and big things. I see you in others. I see your love inside of me. I see you in me. And because I see you in me, I see as you see. Amen. Amen. That's powerful. <laughs> Does anybody else have anything to share? Anybody else? Father, we just thank you so much. Lord, we thank you for things where people are experiencing you, they're experiencing your grace in very, very real ways. 
Lord, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the teaching. We thank you, Lord, that you are coming alive inside of us. We thank you for a word. Lord, that, that, that word spoke. It moves stuff inside of me. Lord, I thank you for it. We praise you for it. We thank you for your life. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just give you the glory. We give you the glory, Father, for who you are. Lord, let us shine as you shine. Let us love as you love. Let us see as you see. Let us be as you are. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, it's obvious that you are you are here tonight. Thank you. We praise you. You want to meet the needs of people. That's what unconditional giving does. It gives where there's need and desires. Lord, we thank you for meeting our needs. No matter what we see at the present moment, we know that those needs are met in you and then met in Christ. And Father, we just receive that. We receive finances. We receive promotions and bonuses and, and uh, gifts. And Lord, we receive it and we have it in Jesus' name. Lord, we receive our health right now. We see us as healthy because we see you in us, Lord. We see health in our bodies. Father, we thank you for that. We see your life in Jesus' name. Lee, I, I believe I'm supposed to pray for you. Can I do that? Would you mind? <laughs> you, will you, uh, you can just sit there. No, come up, come up here. That's the way I saw it. So. If anybody else needs prayer... Come on up, it's fine. I just, I know I'm supposed to pray for you. Just here, face me here. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your blessing and thank you for your mercy. Lord, I thank you for a desire and a hunger for you in Lee. Lord, I thank you for a desire in his heart for the things of you. Not, not my things, not the things of Brian. Because anything I have, it only comes from you anyway. But in his heart is a desire for you. Lord, I just ask that that would be multiplied in his life. That now is just the beginning for the desire and the burn and the stretching towards you, stretching out for you with his heart as his heart desires and goes after you. Lord, that he'll have you. Your word says if we will seek you with all of our heart, you will be found by us. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for a heart that's reaching out and stretching for you. And maybe even now this may feel awesome to him. And yet, you're saying it's the beginning of a desire for you. This is the beginning. This is just the sip of the water 
just the sip on a dry and thirsty mouth. This is the first taste of it. And yet, you want to give him living waters uh, that, that will never stop. That will never cease. That will quench everything in his life. Lord, I just ask you to pour out those living waters in Jesus' name. Thank you for quenching the thirst in you and yet still leaving room for Him to reach out for you more and more out of the love that He has for you, out of His heart towards you. And I thank you, Father, for your power and your anointing being released and the fire of God that He's been longing for, the fire to go after you and to want more, knowing that there's more out there. There's, there's more that's real out there there's something more you're bigger than what i've experienced lord there's more to you than just that it's been awesome it's been great but i know that i'm not walking in everything that you've called me to walk in and lord i just thank you for meeting that right now and meeting that anointing in anointing lord meeting that father we praise you and we thank you for your fire in jesus name Anointing of God be. That anointing is designed to bring freedom and break every yoke. Lord, river of God, stir up inside of him in ways that he's never seen before. The ways that heaven wants it to be. Lord, we're just simply calling for your will to be done on earth and particularly in Lee's life, in his heart and in his mind. In Jesus' name, right now, be. Amen. 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 Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. My daddy's here. I just want more. Amen. <laughs> thank you, Father, for your anointing and pouring out. Father, thank you for rivers of living water flowing, a fire of God. Father, thank you for baptizing her in your fire. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You just stay there as long as you want to and just drink it up. Thank you, Father. Anybody else before we close? Anybody else? Thank you, Father. Lord, we just give you glory. Lord, thank you for touching Lee and touching Priscilla. It may not have been us standing there, but they're our part of our body. Our part of our body just got blessed. Lord, we thank you for touching them. Your character says that you had to do it, but you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to be the way that you are, but you did, and we just thank you for that. Thank you for loving and pouring out your love. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Lord, thank you just for a preciousness tonight. There's something precious about this evening. Lord, we don't take it lightly. We don't, you know, maybe, maybe there's people that experience it all the time, but it doesn't always have to be like that because of some of the decisions we make. But you want it to be that way. And Lord, when we see it, we esteem it, we honor it. Thank you for the preciousness of this evening. Thank you for your love. 
Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can continue to sit there, Priscilla, and enjoy it. Have a great night. Thank you for being here. I'm glad I was here. Amen. Turn